Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, January 3rd, 2022. Yeah. What the what? <laughs> I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, welcome to the new year. Hey. Old Lang Syne and all that. Yeah, all that. All that. And all that jazz and more. <laughs> um, what did you do on New Year's Eve? Um, <laughs> I ate a frozen shrimp cocktail that I cut my finger open on and drank some bourbon. And that was about it. Played a lot of video games and did not watch the ball drop because I have clocks. So, and I don't care. So I don't need- And then I watched all the clips of like Andy Cohen and Anderson. Cooper uh, slagging off uh, former mayor de Blasio. So that was yeah, it. I, that was, that I, was my night. I stayed up uh, well past midnight, but I was pretty much in bed by 11, 11 And I don't remember what I was watching. Maybe I was watching um, uh, America's Next Great Baker from the Food Network because I've stopped. I've how's stopped. that? It's fine. Okay. It's, it's fine. Food it's a, Network it's a, shows aren't great, to be honest. No, and I, I stopped watching The Great British Baking Show for nice. hashtag reasons, which um, we'll maybe get into someday in the I was future. Say, but I would love to know. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that. But what's great is, is that between the last time we had a Today on Broadway and uh, today we had tons of great content in the podcast feed. If you haven't been following along, I'm going to run through the shows that we had oh, real quick. Yeah. They're all available via our regular feed and our Patreon where they showed up first. Um, uh, a week ago, we had a special episode where Grace talked to the creators of the new musical Freedom Writers, the uh, studio cast album that is available now. Then you and Grace talked about Tick, Tick, Boom on yeah. Tuesday the 28th then on the th- uh, the uh, tw- I think we might have had some dates wrong in here but who that's knows fine. it who was knows? also we switched some things around yes that's what it was we that's recorded my these 700 years ago to the extent yes. where some of them are maybe not accurate anymore like the predictions correct. episode yes correct but um, then we did an episode where the three of us you Grace and I uh, spoke about what our favorite things that we saw on stage in 2021 jennifer McHugh and i had a sound like a pop episode where we talked about our pop culture resolutions for 2022 and then as you mentioned uh, on new year's eve we talked about um what we predicted for the american theater in 2022 and then on sunday yesterday um jenna tessa fox jennifer McHugh and i uh manned this week on broadway and we talked about the theatrical things that we were looking forward to in 2022 really great conversations all week was surprised to see your name come up in my feed for this week on Broadway. I'm not going to lie to you. Not to pull the curtain back too much. James and family were um, down in Florida and Ah. they... They had some issues with flights, so they had to drive home from Florida. Oh, my God. Okay, that'll do it. Yes. So um, we are very happy to be back. We've got a lot of great stuff planned for you here in the regular feed and in our Patreon feed. If you want to join that group over there, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. All right, Ashley, despite all of those special episodes that I just mentioned, it's been roughly a week and a half since our last episode of Today on Broadway. Yeah. So I want to catch everybody up on some of the COVID-related news that we missed over the holiday hiatus. And unfortunately, there was a lot of COVID-related news over the holiday hiatus. In addition to all of the shows last week that we told you were shutting down for most of the, uh, the week of Christmas, Clyde's MJ the Musical 
will come from away. Moulin Rouge and Six canceled one or more performances, some just in 2021, some leading into 2022. All of them are expected to be back this week as of now. However, after initially trying to soldier on due to COVID diagnoses or diagnoses uh, for both Sutton Foster and then Hugh Jackman, the Music Man officially shut down performances and is now scheduled to return this Wednesday, January 5th. Of course, if you have not seen the, um, I guess, curtain speech that Hugh Jackman gave mm-hmm. um, when um uh, Sutton Foster's understudy went on it was lovely and uh, I know Very a lot of people sweet. have issues with the fact that Hugh Jackman yes. <laughs> is uh, garnishing or garnering uh, $700 tickets to see the music man but I do think he's a genuinely uh lovely human being and somebody who loves theater so I really appreciate that his friendship with the Kushners but besides that yeah yes you're very was, true it was lovely and all things can be true yes that is right um also the Broadway premiere of Dominique Moriso's Skeleton crew which had already pushed back its its first preview performances has now canceled performances from january 1st through the 6th due to breakthrough cases in the company and the covid cancellations are not limited just to new york as the los angeles production of hamilton has officially shut down through january 26th at the holiday pantages theater other tours shut down for a couple days or for a week but this is essentially a month-long shutdown in los angeles Back on Broadway, COVID also led to a number of closures, either permanent or multi-month in length. While trying to deal with COVID cases and bringing in a new set of replacement cast, Thoughts of a Colored Man officially closed while on a pause back on December 23rd. We also saw this happen um, to to Waitress, which is really disappointing. I feel so bad for the cast of these shows who didn't know that they were having their last performance um, and had to shut down without that closure. Then on December 28th, Ain't Too Proud announced that while they would return to the Imperial that night, and they are still having performances, they would be closing permanently on January 16th. The Public Theater also announced that they would be canceling their Under the Radar Festival, which had been scheduled to run January 12th through the 30th. Um, that's one of the highlights of the year for many people in the community who like offbeat and interesting theater. Um, and unfortunately, they did not feel that it was safe to have that happen this year. Then on Sunday night, just as, you know, shortly before we were getting ready to record, the Broadway production of Mrs. Doubtfire announced a f- Pretty unorthodox, but perhaps financially prudent move, as producer Kevin McCollum announced that the show would shut down following the Sunday, January 9th performance, but the plan is to return on March 15th. That's nine weeks of shutdown. McCollum said in a statement, quote, out of concern for the potential long-term employment of everyone who works on Mrs. Doubtfire and the extended run of the show, we have decided that following the January 9th performance, the production will close for nine weeks, returning on March 15th. We are doing everything on our power to keep the virus from permanently ending our run on Broadway. By taking this break, we can afford to launch an extended run starting in March. I fascinating. It is fascinating because like one, I'm assuming that means that people aren't going to get paid. At least not everyone is going to get paid. Yeah. That was in the times piece. Okay. uh, I guess Michael Paulson uh, wrote and filed that there, I mean, it it implied that salaries were not going to be paid during this time. I mean, I 
think that there's a certain amount of stuff, depending on what unions, that has to be paid, um, sure. if, unless they're considering sure, this sure, an sure. actual closure. Um, but certainly, there are plenty of people, and who knows what all those details are, um, because those were not made yeah. public. But there are still plenty of people, merch folks, uh, ushers, all those people that might not be covered either by a union sure. at all or with conditions like these. So I, that is kind of weird to me. But then also, like, I kind of get it. Like, we are expecting that the Omicron variant will have a fairly consistent place in our lives for the next two months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from everything I've heard and all of the podcasts I listen to, it seems like these next few months are when it will be raging. But by March, it should be waning by then. That also, of course, gets sure. them through the January and February months, which are always the worst on Broadway. And it looks like they would be opening back up just in time for spring breaks. So while I'm I'm kind of fascinated yeah. by the fact that Kevin was so open talking about the the financial implications of the next few months in Omicron because that's not something that Broadway producers normally do. I'm uh, I'm heartbroken for the people who are going to be struggling for the next nine weeks, but like, sure, I kind of get it. Like, I don't think this show needs to be on Broadway by any means, but right. I would love yeah. for those folks to be employed. Um, and I think that he's probably right this probably is the only way to sustain a long run is by kind of foregoing these next two months it, yeah absolutely it is because otherwise there would certainly be a closure in the next two months as you said wow this is really ramping up and we're gonna see on top of all the shows that you just mentioned we're unfortunately gonna see a lot more closings we're gonna see more postponements um honestly wouldn't be surprised if we get some form of shutdown for a while as a whole mm-hmm. uh, whenever that will be announced is to be determined yeah this is a really interesting and kind of unprecedented thing that we are seeing here and obviously this is a producer that can kind of afford to do this it's an interesting show that this is happening with because mm-hmm. it had very lukewarm reviews to put it nicely um, they're gonna, you mentioned that it's gonna be for, you know, opening back up around spring break time, but at the same time, uh, that, that really relies on New York State tourism and New York City tourism doing well again, uh, implying that there's no other variants that happened by then, which, uh, just perpetually nauseous at the fact that it's just variant after variant at this point. Um, and then, you know, it also opens right back up in time for like Tony nominations and then Tony voting. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, good point. And the, like from there, what then? Like they don't get nominated for Tony's and then the show closes immediately after that. It's, it's just a messy situation all the way around. And I am. You know, I appreciative that uh, Kevin wants to do this and avoid that, uh, you know, avoid an immediate closing. But the timing with everything seems I don't I don't know. To me, it feels like it would be better to close the show based on when everything is supposed to be back open again. Like I said, with Tony nominations and likely that potential closing right after that. 
uh, it's difficult though, because as you said, I, I expect some people are getting paid in some ways still based on union laws. I don't know which people those are. I don't know if the actors on stage are getting anything. Uh, like I said, the Times piece implied that no salaries were getting paid, but there has to be something I would think. I don't know if there are any kind of benefits in terms of as long as you're in a show on stage, uh, or, you know, supposed to be on stage at the time, you're getting some kind of financial compensation. It's hard. It's hard to yeah. be like, this show should close or stay open. And I think everyone's just kind of trying to do best by the people in their shows right now. And there's not really any clear answers. Yeah, I mean, and who knows what happens in these subsequent nine weeks. If the advances yeah. aren't there for Mrs. Doubtfire, who knows if it actually does reopen on yeah. the 15th. And I do wonder, you mentioned a potential shutdown. And I'm kind of, I thought that there might be one um, from mm -hmm. the Broadway League and uh, Actors' Equity. They had meetings <laughs> around Broadway that. Broadway League is dealing with the, their own oh, stuff Lord. right yeah. now. Yeah. But I, I, I'm kind of... I. I at this point, I don't think that a, a, an actual official shutdown will happen unless it comes from, you know, the city or state. But I wouldn't be surprised if other shows follow the, the lead here, you know, and, and they just say, look, it, this is we are having to deal with this. It's not prudent. It's not healthy. It's not safe. Um, it's not financially viable. We're going to do the same thing. We'll open back up in the spring. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more shows um, do that, even shows that we think of as being successful. Um, that have already recouped, like it yeah. might be just a, too much of a losing battle for them to try to do this. So, um, it's going to be hard to fight against what is obviously happening around us right now. And as you mentioned, like it ultimately comes down to the state, the state and the city saying this is not like we, <laughs> we have to shut down. The number of cases are climbing right now. I think the latest of like a day ago yeah. was the single record for the state through the past two years. It's at 85,000 new cases, which is 22% of the total mm -hmm. cases reported. If that continues to climb, like I know there are a lot of factors and there's a new mayor and a semi-new governor and there's a lot of uh, collaboration that needs to be done there. There's a lot of collaboration that needs to be done with the Broadway League, which is fighting themselves right now. Like It seems like unfortunately a shutdown seems to be even a short one, the best option at the moment. But again, mm -hmm. like it's just a tricky situation where everyone is trying to do the best that they can for everybody involved. And yeah. that's hard to figure out at the moment. Yeah. And who knows? And that's the thing is like Broadway and theater and all of us folks in the community, either as fans or people working in it, we can only bury our heads in the sand for so long. Yeah. Like look around. Yeah. This is having a thousand people, um, vaccinated or not in a theater is probably not safe. It's just Correct. not. Correct. Uh, and at some point, a decision has to be made as to what is the right way to go about it. There are other people who say at this point, like nothing is probably safe. So unless we're going to full lockdowns, you might as well do what you can and just stay safe as much as you can and try to live your lives. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm a moron. So what do I know? But um, <laughs> when it when you're trying to deal with multi-million dollar productions, you probably got to start weighing these things. But all right, so let's move on. We do not have a whole lot in the theatrical schedule this week. In fact, there's really no, nothing. Light almost. Um, 
yeah, all month, not a lot opening. Um, we will have some closer, closings coming up here. But I do want to mention that on Sunday, um, the Broadway production of the Lehman Trilogy and the second Broadway run of Freestyle Love Supreme played their last performances on Broadway. Both of those shows will be around and about in the country. We know the Lehman Trilogy will be having its West Coast premiere later this year. And Freestyle Love Supreme will be launching a mm-hmm. fairly limited uh, national tour. It is not coming anywhere near here in Florida. But I would imagine that if these first few things go very fairly well, that they will start adding more and more places. Sure. Because I feel like this is something that a lot of touring houses will like to bring in because it should be moderately cheap compared to most other shows. Yeah. And and will still have kind of a, a buzzy straight from Broadway name. So I would very much look forward to seeing a, a Freestyle Love Supreme tour stop somewhere uh, down the road. Definitely. Guess who didn't get to see Lehman Trilogy, despite the fact <laughs> she tra- tried her artist and wanted to see it for like two years. It just didn't well, happen. And I'm glad that there's like a pro tape of it, at least in some I was form say, or fashion. The, there is the National uh, Theater Live, NT Live version, which if you don't have, I can point you in the right oh, direction. Oh, thank you very much. Um <laughs> uh, Anyway, um, I, I, before we wrap up the show, I do want to mention that on the 31st, on December 31st, New Year's Eve, Playbill did a really nice little article, um, which was effectively an in-memoriam for all of the theater artists that we lost in mm-hmm. 2021. And it was just a little blurb about who they were, and they gave their, their dates of birth and death. Um, I'm not going to run through all of them, but, you know... Last year, for a lot of reasons, was was very difficult, and and not all of these people, and if not even probably the majority of these people's deaths, had anything to do with COVID. But to add these losses on top of all of the losses, both of life and 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 work and opportunities to COVID, um, I thought it bore some some remembrances. So I just want to run through some mm-hmm. of them. Um, choreographer Bob Avian, um, writer and actor uh, Hal Holbrook, the legendary Cicely Tyson, the mm-hmm. iconic Jeff uh, Christopher. For Plummer, the great uh, restaurateur Joe Allen, um, some other folks in, in there, um, uh, Arthur Copet, playwright, Pulitzer Prize finalist, uh, playwright Arthur Copet. Um, we, of course, had Jim Steinman, who was a mostly known as a pop writer, but also wrote music for a couple of musicals. Uh, Olympia Dukakis, the Oscar winning actress. Um, we had uh, the hair and wig stylist Paul Huntley, who passed away. Um, the the three time Tony nominee and the first woman to write and star in original Broadway musical Mickey Grant. Um, Ed Asner, star of stage and screen. Melvin Van Peebles, Leslie Brickus, Peter Scolari. Um, of course, I don't need to tell you, Stephen Sondheim passed away. What? Uh, I know. And uh, Sally Ann Howes. Um, so just a lot of folks. If you want to see all of the, the names of the theater folks that we lost, um, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Then, to end on a much higher note um, on Sunday uh, on CBS Sunday Morning, a show that I watch at every opportunity. They had a, a really nice package um, dedicated to the Music Man and Hugh Jackman. They interviewed Hugh and had performance clips of Hugh and Sutton Foster, I guess, pre-COVID diagnosis. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I love CBS Sunday Morning. I really like Music Man. I think that this production is weird um, because <laughs> Hugh and Sutton are really nice not appropriate for their roles of course not uh in any way shape or form um but i like both of them um i think they're both super talented i think this would have been better 30 years ago 20 years ago um uh, in terms of their ages but 
Um, I, if prices ever come down, I would like to see this, but I'm not sure that I will. But we yeah, will see. That's, uh, I do not like the music band, nor do I like both of them, but I'm really happy that people have jobs right now. Despite Absolutely. the high ticket prices of me not being able to ever afford them. <laughs> yeah, I've seen both Hugh and Sutton on Broadway. Um, I think that they're both really interesting and, and multi-talented performers. Um, we can get into that more if I actually do see it. But uh, There you go. Yeah. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday. Welcome into 2022. And we'll oh be boy. back to talk to you tomorrow. Oh, boy.